It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. It's another edition of Smart Money Questions. Walter Storholt here with Matt Hausman, the founder of Old Security Group, with offices in Westchester, Pennsylvania, Newark, Delaware, but serving clients all across the country. You can find us on smartmoneyquestions.com. And, uh, Matt, we have some good questions to take in the mailbag this week, covering a couple of different topics. You ready for me to fire a few listener questions at you? Absolutely. Let's go. All right, let's get it going. We've got uh, two good ones from Pennsylvania and then one from my neck of the woods down in North Carolina. But let's start in PA. This one's from Vince. And Vince says, I'm thinking about having my mom sign her house over to me so that we won't be forced to sell it if she has to go into a nursing home. Do you think this is a good strategy? Oh, be careful, right, Matt? Oh, that's right. First of all, let's go ahead and release our attorney disclosure. We're not attorneys, so please <laughs> consult one should you decide to do this. But you've got to say it really a, sped up, though, Matt. You know, to, to, for it to be a proper disclosure, you've got to really speed that up. You know, Please <laughs> consult right. your qualified attorney for any action. <laughs> that's right. All right, Vince. Well, you know, you're. I think you're going to love my answer, and that is, it's yes, no, and maybe. <laughs> so, a couple things that you want to think about, and this is why it's so important to talk to an attorney about that. You want to realize that if what you're wanting to do and why you're wanting to do it is to protect from a nursing home coming after the property, is there's what's called a five year look back, and attorneys can better explain how this works, but. If they go back and they see that that asset was transferred, when you go and apply for Medicaid, which is what I'm assuming you're thinking about there, is if during that five-year period of time that asset was transferred, then your mom would actually become disqualified for Medicaid. And guess who's got to pay the bill? Mm. Somebody. In Pennsylvania, it hovers around $8,700 a month no matter where she is. So again... That's why I would I would definitely have you talk to an attorney and have them do an estate plan to recognize if that is the right strategy that you should do. So, for instance, if you're concerned about a nursing home possibly happening in the next 12 to 24 months, it's probably not a good idea. If you're not worried about that for some time period, and I know no one has a crystal ball, but you know the earlier you can do it and possibly start that five-year look back, the better. But definitely talk to an attorney first. And the reason why somebody would want to do this, Matt, why they would want to try and get the house out of her name, the the idea that they're thinking about here, you know, sort of the why behind this is they're trying to, you know, just, you know, the government will help take care of us, I guess, right? If she doesn't have any money to her name, then other people will be able to step in and, and provide assistance. So we can kind of skirt that rule by getting rid of the house because she'll be forced to exhaust all of the available income before she gets any sort of government assistance and that kind of thing is am I on the right track there yep exactly and and most people you know when they especially if they haven't prepared for a long-term care expense then that's what they're looking for they're looking okay what's the best strategy the where the government can take over those costs but let's try and quote preserve some assets for the family the big thing to understand though is if you have a married couple and one of them was to need care and go into a a facility for that, they can't currently come and kick the other spouse out of the house. 
They can place a lien, but they can't kick that spouse out. So, but when you have just a surviving spouse, then obviously, and I believe that what that's what Vince is talking about here is the protection of the asset for the heirs. So again, attorneys are the best way to really uncover what's possible and moving the asset, if that makes sense. So, yeah, Vince, excellent question. I would say that is a smart money question, no doubt about it, because you better get that one answered correctly or else you might be in for a world of hurt and consequences if you don't get that strategy correct. So that's a good one to inquire about. If you want to submit a question to be featured on a future podcast, you can do that by going to smartmoneyquestions.com. It's just the name of the podcast.com, smartmoneyquestions.com. Com. Let's go to Charlotte. Charlotte is not in North Carolina, even though the city is in North Carolina. Charlotte is in Pennsylvania. Says, how does a Roth conversion work, and is it a strategy worth considering? This is probably one of the more common questions you get, Matt. Yeah, and it's one that I talk about all the time, but it's a great question because many times people don't understand the logistics of how that happens. So the easiest way to d- describe it is we have an IRA, which is a qualified individual retirement account, And we're going to convert or transfer a certain amount of dollars into a Roth IRA. And so we have to have the Roth IRA already set up. We have to have money sitting in an IRA. In the conversion, and I'm going to use the number $20,000, I'm going to convert $20,000. This is what people need to recognize. It's not simply as easy as changing the title because the underlying asset can actually stay the same. But that creates a taxable event. So your next part of your question is, is it a strategy worth considering? Yes, but you want to understand and recognize what the tax obligation is going to be when that transfer or conversion happens. In some cases, it can be a great strategy. In other cases, in fact, I had a client in today and we were going over, does it make sense? In their particular case right now, because both uh, the husband and wife are still working and what we're looking at retirement income later doesn't really it doesn't make a lot of sense to have that conversion or that extra tax liability going on right now. Now the reality is the wife's probably only going to work for another 18 months. So we will definitely address it in 18 months when our income is lower so the tax obligation should be less. And then look at their retirement income or their retirement income needs beyond that as well. So that's essentially how it works. You want to make sure that you understand it is a taxable event. Taxes have to be paid. By the way, as we know, Uncle Sam wants to be paid immediately upon that conversion. And is it a strategy worth thinking about? Absolutely. You should always be thinking and looking at that on an annual basis. Another great question. Thank you, Charlotte, for submitting that one to us as well. If uh, you want to get in touch with Matt Hausman at any point in time, you can do that through our website and ask your smart money questions there. Again, that's smartmoneyquestions.com, smartmoneyquestions.com. I'd say we have some pretty savvy and uh, smart listeners to this program, no doubt about it. Good questions coming our way today. Let's take some time to answer one more here on this edition of the podcast, Matt. It comes to us from James in North Carolina. James says, I'd like for my wife, oh, and this is a good one, I'd like for my wife to be more involved in our retirement planning. That's pretty common, but this is the, the fun part. But she's always hated any financial advisors that we've met. Do you have any suggestions? <laughs> Yeah, has she met me? <laughs> yeah, well, I, w- I was going to say that for you, but yeah, you go, you go for it. <laughs> you know, and you know what's interesting is, uh, and this is not uncommon, whether it is the wife or I have other clients where it's the husband that they 
quite frankly, they, she might not like the advisors because she doesn't want to go into that or she's fearful on going through and educating herself or himself on that. So usually one spouse kind of takes charge in the finances and the other one just says in their mind, you know what, that's what they're supposed to be taking care of. I'm going to go take care of something else. But here's the real critical part. And I was just on the phone the other day with, uh, actually it was the editor for Kiplinger. We were working on the article and we were talking about this exact subject. And she said, you know, it was, it was really difficult. My mom never wanted to deal with the finances. And when my dad passed away, she had never, and this is going to be hard to believe. She had never even written a check. Wow. She'd never balanced a checkbook. It was literally starting from the beginning. And I always encourage you. It's not that one spouse can have, have definite better understanding. They can have, they can be more in control. They can take the reins of that. But the other spouse should at least have an understanding conceptually at, at a minimum on what's happening and why. Because inevitably, we all know our mortality for one of us is going to happen. And if it's the one that was controlling all the finances, the one that, quote, has hated every financial advisor they've met with is not very encouraging for them long term then. And I'll, I'll speak in a personal experience myself. One of my grandmothers was in this situation. She didn't want anything to do with the finances. My grandfather passed away. And what I found out later, I was much younger when this was my grandfather passed away. And my dad ended up telling me this is that my grandma ended up making some very serious financial blunders because of her not knowing or understanding and making decisions within a short period of time after my grandfather had passed away. So, you know, we don't want that for anyone. And I would always suggest that, you know, find out from your wife why she didn't like them. Maybe you need to go to a woman. You know, maybe the advisor should be a woman. She'd be more comfortable with a woman. Whatever it takes. And recently we've had some individuals where, quite frankly, the wife doesn't want anything to do with the finances. And through my encouragement in speaking to the husbands, I've said, you know, I, I really think it's a good idea for them to come in. Let's at least go through the process. Let's have a couple of meetings so they can know and understand conceptually what's going on and why. Because inevitably we know that that one spouse eventually is going to happen. There's going to be a surviving spouse. And if it's the one that wasn't going through those meetings, they can really be left up in the dark. And usually that's when fear steps in or as in my grandmother's case bad decisions can be made after that. Well, Matt, I know you're in your new office location there in Pennsylvania, and you also have an office in Newark, Delaware. But uh, for you know those of us who might be in different areas of the country, tell us a little bit about your process, how you use technology to stay in touch with your clients, and you know what it's like to work with you if anybody has any questions on that front. Yeah, well, obviously, we, we do this podcast. We have full virtual capabilities where for our clients, we have clients in North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida. We can actually do uh, Skype or FaceTime so we can actually see each other on the computer screens and we can go through those presentations. Or if you're locally here, you can come right into our office and we, we walk people through a discovery and a design meeting where the first step we take is we want people to know and understand what they currently have now. I'm always amazed at, uh, in fact, the client I mentioned earlier, we were talking and They've been clients for like four years and, oh, by the way, I forgot I had this. <laughs> so really going through and understanding what you have and why. And then the design meeting is kind of working together and educating on 
what you have, and what's the best placement based on what your goals are. Where should that money be invested to achieve what you are wanting to achieve, which quite frankly is a Usually it's an enjoyable retirement and pay less in taxes. So is there a way to accomplish that? And then the implementation and the ongoing administration is is ongoing meetings, whether it's by phone call, whether it's by email, whether it's uh, Skype or face-to-face via the computer screen or, or quite frankly in person. So that's essentially how how we work with all of our clients. If you want to get in touch with Matt, it's easy to do that. You can call the old-fashioned way, 610-719-3003. Again, that's 610-719-3003. Or just go online to smartmoneyquestions.com. That's smartmoneyquestions.com. You can ask your questions there where we might feature them on a future podcast. That's smartmoneyquestions.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Or if you're not getting Matt's email, email each week letting you know when a new podcast has been posted. You can uh, just let him know and say, hey, add me to the list. But you should be on there already, I would imagine, if you've uh, gotten his emails before. Then you know when the new podcasts get posted each week. But again, smartmoneyquestions.com is the place to go to get more information there. On the next podcast, we're going to be talking about, this is going to be a good one, we're going to talk about really just going to get a good story from Matt. It's a part of what we like to call story time, where I kind of just ask Matt a random question in every couple of podcasts to see if he just you know has any stories that match up with whatever ends up being on my mind. And so we're going to talk about what happened when somebody came in to meet with Matt just in the nick of time before they made a bad financial mistake. So we're going to talk a little bit about that coming up on the next podcast. Be sure to join us for that one. For Matt Hausman, I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks so much for listening. And hey, we'll look forward to talking to you on the next Smart Money Questions. Smart Money Questions. 